good to be with you again as we continue in this three-part series on how to honor our parents. Ephesians 6, 1 teaches us, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you. And so we've talked about what it looks like to honor our parents as children we obey. In the young adult years, we learn how to release our power, how to re we release time, we release forgiveness, we release appreciation. But then as our, as our parents get older, there's another significant adjustment that takes place. One of the things that Megan pointed out to me when we were preparing for this is, is it interesting how the boundaries are constantly adjusting from the time our children are born you know, there's boundaries as children, then they're teen years and we're adjusting the boundaries. And then they're the adult years and we're releasing them. The young adult years, we're releasing them in the boundaries. And, and maybe the most difficult boundary adjustment that we're not prepared for is as our, as our parents become older and the boundaries have to shift again if we're going to be loving. That's what we're going to talk about today. Heavenly Father, would you use this time as a blessing again to you and to those who are listening, would there be older adults and, and, and grown mature adults, adult children who um, have a, a better relationship and are more like Christ because of the things we discuss right now? Lord, it's all in your hands to, to do. It's through Christ we pray. Amen. So as our... Parents get old, we still honor them. I love Proverbs. I'm going to ask Megan to read a couple of Proverbs, but one of my favorite Proverbs is Proverbs um, 21, verse uh, 31, verse 28. This is talking about the, the, the woman of virtue who can find her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also praises her. But it's like as we get older, the more we ought to rise up and call our moms and dads blessed the yeah. scriptures you found yeah the other one i really like is um is in proverbs as well seventeen six, where it says grandchildren are the crown of the aged and the glory of children is their fathers and i love that because it talks about how the older generation loves the younger generation and the younger generation loves the older generation there's that mutual respect that mutual right. ad admiration and love and i think that's that's the perfect, like, that's how we live in harmony. You know, that's how God calls us to live. It's how God has created the family to be. And and if we are not worldly families, but Christ-like families, there is going to be a, a rich relationship. Doesn't mean life's easy, but it's going to be rich, even as our parents get older. So um, what would you say about honoring our parents in their old age and as those boundaries readjust? Yeah, I, I think there are a bunch of, very, very practical things um, that we can do. I think they all stem from kind of one core idea, and I would say that that would be dignity. Um, as our parents age, and we age, I mean, we're aging too. I keep looking at myself going, I can't possibly be old enough to have a child this old or doing these things. Um, but as our parents age, we're also aging. And um, we, we might find ourselves in the situation my husband and I found ourselves in, which was we were kind of these sandwich parents where we were parenting young children, but we were also doing some parenting to our parents, um, where they needed us to step in and help in certain ways. My, my father was diagnosed with Alzheimer's 
um, pretty young. I think he was 65. Um, and within three years, he had passed away. And so those three years uh, where my parents were living with us um, at the time, and we found ourselves involved in my parents' lives in a way that we really hadn't anticipated or even weren't really prepared for. It was really, um, I would say, very, very challenging for us. And the thing that I walk away with most when I look at my dad's, those last three years and, and the decline that he went through with Alzheimer's was the dignity that we needed to provide to him um, because he lost so much. Mm. Um, and there were so many things as he progressed in his illness that he couldn't do for himself. And, and even if your parent doesn't have Alzheimer's, just getting old, there are things that we can't do. We slow down, you know, we're not going to be climbing ladders to clean our gutters, you know, when we're 75 or 80 years old, or maybe, maybe we are, but we shouldn't be. Um, there are things that are, our, our parents just can't do for themselves anymore. And it's an opportunity for us to help them in that way. But it does require looking at things differently. Um, we, we really weren't prepared for my dad and my mom to be going mm. through this. And I don't know that we were, we hadn't thought through, well, how, what does it mean to take care of our parents in this way? So I want you to help people be prepared, more prepared yeah. for that and, and how to take how, how for that to be as blessed by God as it can be. Before we get to that, though, would you speak to, did you experience what we did in terms of, it seemed, it kind of felt to me like my parents were always going to be a certain age or a certain kind of healthy and functionality, functionability, and then all of a sudden they got old. Yes, and, absolutely. And I wish I could go back again. I wish somebody had told me, you better appreciate these years of their fifties and sixties or whatever, because real fast they lose, they can lose ability. It was shocking how quickly it happened. I mean, my, as I mentioned, my father was very young uh, when he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Um, he had served in the military for almost 30 years and then had a second career and he had just retired. Mm. And within two weeks of retiring, he had a stroke. Wow. And this was from a man who um, was extremely fit, like a, a marathoner, mm. very, very active in church and prison ministries, rode a motorcycle. I mean, was just like we we honestly thought like if anyone was going to have health issues, it might be my mom. Um, but for my father to have this stroke just out of the blue um, and then on the on the tail end of that recovery, um, they did a, a couple brain scans as part of like his, his aftercare from the stroke. And that's when they discovered that he had Alzheimer's. And in retrospect, it answered a lot of questions about behaviors and things we had experienced with my dad that never having been around anyone with Alzheimer's or dementia, we completely missed. And we were just oblivious to it. And in retrospect, we're like, oh, okay, that, that explains some things. Mm. Um, but we, we really took our relationship and, and my, with my parents for granted mm. and were not the least bit prepared when he became ill. Mm. And his physical... Um, I guess degradation, the, the impact this Alzheimer's and the stroke had on him were overnight he was a different person. Yeah. And it was it was heartbreaking to watch, honestly. Yeah. So if, if you're in those years where your parents are still driving and they're still working and they're still functioning and just you don't take that for granted because it's amazing how quickly that can that can change overnight. So when that that when when all of a sudden your parents started to get old, what did you learn? What, did, what were you starting to, to learn? Uh, I mean, instantly everything slowed down. So this was a man who was always busy running and on his motorcycle. And at this, 
activity and, you know, doing counseling in the Fairfax County jails and things like that. And all of a sudden, all of those things were stripped away from him. Mm-hmm. He was not able to run. He wasn't able to drive his motorcycle. All of the things that he held dear that kind of gave him, in his own mind, purpose, he no longer could do. And so everything slowed down. Mm-hmm. And we had to figure out how to meet him where he was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was this big mental shift for us to realize that things that gave dad purpose now were sitting with him and maybe watching a TV show that he enjoyed or just talking with him over a meal or just coming over and hanging out when he was in a bad mood that he couldn't articulate why he was in a bad mood. We would just go over and hang out. Um, And so the activities that we did with him shifted. Um, The way we interacted with him shifted, Um, not just because of the physical issues that he had from the stroke, but Alzheimer's obviously steals your cognitive abilities too. And so you couldn't have the same kind of conversations with him anymore. So if I can, um, if I can summarize what I'm hearing, if we can go all the way back to the teen years, part of growing up is seeing your parents as adults and not just as parents. That is so important by the time your parents are in old age, because when your parents start to need you or when they start to have physical problems that cause emotional problems, more anger, more whatever, more, more needy, Um, more need of some purpose. If you just see them as people who exist for your pleasure, you'll start to see, you won't, if you don't see them as adults, you'll see them as a disruption. They'll see, you'll see them as a burden. And so what I'm hearing you say is give them dignity by, they still need purpose. And so what do they find purposeful and how do you join them in that purpose? Even if it's just sitting and watching jeopardy with them right or yeah so what what else would you say about uh, giving them dignity i think one of the ways that we um, gave dignity um, was in choices which was ironic because this is exactly what we did when we had young young children Mm. right so in an effort to teach them how to make decisions in an effort to give them a feeling of control over their lives with our young children we would say do you want to wear your blue sneakers or your red shoes or do you want to have this snack or do you want to have that snack so we as parents didn't care which one they chose we just wanted them to make a decision and we were giving them options where whichever one they they chose was fine and with my father we got to that same point dad would you like to have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or would you like a turkey sandwich Dad, would you like to wear this sweater? Would you like to wear a sweatshirt? Instead of just saying, put this on or eat this or just, you know, taking away all autonomy, all independence. And I think that was very important for my father because he was a very independent man his whole life. And he, in his mind, had lost all purpose, all kind of, you know, his reason for being here. He couldn't do anything for himself. And he was very angry and frustrated with that. And and I admire what you talk about there, what you did there, because... If you that goes back to what we talked about last time in Philippians two, where do nothing out of selfish ambition or vacancy, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Because in that situation, the easiest thing to do is to say, do it this way, because if you don't, it's gonna take me more time. Yes. You know, I remember my grandfather um just liked having the independence to be able to make his own chocolate milk but he had a hard time seeing. And so I'd come home and I knew he made chocolate milk because there was chocolate powder all over the counter and on the floor. 
And it's like, oh, Grandpa made himself some chocolate milk while we were gone. And I can get really upset about that. And I, there was a time, there were times I was like, oh, I don't want to clean up one more thing. Or I could say, I'm glad my grandfather wants to be independent like this. I'm glad he enjoyed that chocolate milk, even though he's diabetic and has no business having chocolate milk. But it's kind of like you can, it, your attitude about that at that moment is going to make all the difference in terms of your own yes. level of joy too. Absolutely. I mean, you, if you expect behaviors from your parents that they're no longer able to, to do, mm. you, will, you will both be frustrated. You'll be frustrated and then you'll make them frustrated. And, and it's just this really unhappy cycle. Yeah. Um, you know, we struggled with getting my dad to eat food yeah. Um, just the Alzheimer's medications he was on impacted appetite. And I, I, the doctors told us that Alzheimer's patients like really sweet things. Well, you yeah. can't just survive on ice cream, yeah. right? You have to have some, but some days I'd be like, you know, let's have lunch. And he'd be like, I don't want to eat lunch. And I'd be like, well, let's have some ice cream first and then have half a peanut butter jelly sandwich. So I'm like, you know, yeah. you know, again, a little bit of negotiating like I would with a toddler or a young child. But not in a way where I felt like I was manipulating him. I was giving yeah. him choices and giving him options and helping him feel like he had some level of control when he had lost it in so many other areas. And so kind of allowing yourself to redefine that situation, because I could have defined that as, Grandpa, you're making a mess. Please don't do yes. this. But I also realized Grandpa lost the ability to drive his car. That was huge for a sense of who he is. I can't imagine what, I mean, and so to be able to maintain a little bit of sense of independence by I can make my own chocolate milk is, okay, Brent, it's not about you. Don't think about the extra work it may be for you. Think about your grandfather wants a sense of independence and and it's good for him to want to do this. Yeah, and I think that that, that goes to one of the other ways we provide dignity. Like we enjoy and celebrate them where they are, right? Yeah. Rather than focusing on all the things that they can't do or all the challenges that they have, there are little victories every day. And when we do this mm. with our children, oh, you tied your shoes. Oh, you yeah. brushed your teeth. Even yeah. though like toothpaste is all over the tooth, you know, there are toothbrushes yeah. on the floor. And yeah. You brushed your teeth. And I think it's the same thing as we age, right? Just, and part of that is, you know, if you have a parent who's aging or if you are aging, celebrating your own successes, right? Mm. And, and recognizing that, you know, setting Alzheimer's aside, that all of us have limitations that we run into as we start to get older. Nothing is as easy as it was, or we're not as quick to get up or bounce back from an injury as we were. Um, and so just finding ways to celebrate them and make yes. them feel valued and important. Um, yes. And I think it's, at the, at the very end with my father, it really came back to identity in Christ, mm. right? Because you know, Paul talks about how everything we've done is filthy rags. And my dad did great things with his life, but there was all worthless. The only thing that mattered was that he loved his Savior. Mm. And so how do we celebrate that with him? How did we make him mm. feel like he was still important to us and still valued and still, you know, he still had stuff to give and share yeah. when all the things that he could do had been stripped away from him? Well, again, I, and I can, if I, celebrating your aging parent, grandparent, where they are, um, because they have a really hard time doing that. And they wonder, I can't, my, my grandmother is confined to a bed when she has multiple myeloma. And she's like, I don't know why I'm here other than to pray, you know, or my grandfather feeling like, what can I, do? I don't have any abilities anymore. What can I do? And so I remember him saying more than once, I got, he was six, 96 years old. 
um, I, losing his abilities, heart attacks, whatever. And he'd say, I guess sometimes you can just live longer than you should. And I was like, oh no, Grandpa. It is such a blessing to have you with us. Because I don't know how your parents are. My grandfather felt like a burden. Felt like his whole life was becoming a burden to us. And it he 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 needed to we needed to know we need to celebrate him that he needed to know that he was celebrated and his life here on earth still mattered and they were rich rich months that we had with my grandfather and so that what you're saying about celebrating just is huge for everybody involved and i i would encourage you while your parents are you know still alert, still um, able to be, like that you celebrate them, that you take that time. Um, because we lost that with my father. Mm. Um, you know, cognitively, he just didn't understand. And we did get to the point where we had to move him into a memory care unit. And I would visit him every morning. My mom would visit him every afternoon so that he was always, you know, surrounded by people he knew. But he was never happy there, um, mainly because he just didn't understand what was going on. And so we did our best to celebrate him but there was so much he couldn't understand. Um, so I would encourage you that, you know, while your parents are here and while they're able, let them know all the time. Um, I, I can't remember where I heard, I think it was on a podcast, this one gentleman said, you know, how often do you visit your grandparents or your parents mm. if, if you don't live close to me? He's like, oh, once a year. And if your parents are 80, you know, how many years, how many times does that mean you're gonna see them before they could pass away? I mean, it could be, you know, it could be 10 years, it could be 15 years, but it could be two. And so when you, when you start thinking about that, you start thinking about how important that relationship is. It makes you want to pour, pour back into that. It makes you want to find more ways to honor and celebrate them. And if you can't visit them physically, then call them and you know send them little cards and little stuff. And the point that I've heard you make is if you visit them once a year, three days a year, and they live for the next two years, you don't have two years to spend with them. You have six days. That's it. And so teach us to number our days right that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Um, this has been really rich. I hope that we somehow turn this into some kind of teaching thing that we use beyond the devotions. This has been really helpful. Thank you. How would you apply, pull all of this together in your, and how would you have us apply all of this to honor our parents and the Lord? Yeah, I, I think I've mentioned that, um, you know, I'm very practical. I'm a, I'm a list person. I'm a doer. Um, if I have something in theory, I'd like to put it find some way to put it into practice. And I think at any stage of our life, whether we're the child, the young child, the teen, the young adult, the kind of grown adult, or, you know, taking care of it, or we are the aged parent that someone's taking care of. In every one of those stages, there are practical things that we can do. And I'm reminded, I'm always reminded of, um, there was this movie, I think called Fireproof many years ago, that I think Kirk Hammond was in, talked about a struggling relationship this young couple had. And um, the, the husband in that relationship was given this book and said, you know, every day I do something for your, for your wife. It was called a love dare. And I would say maybe we do some type of parent dare, that there is some practical step that we can do that shows honor to our parents without expecting anything in return. Just find something small that you can do for your parent at whatever stage in that parent-child relationship you're in. Find that one small thing that you can do and do it. And maybe you... you sit down and make a list that you say over this next month, I'm going to do these five things, or I'm going to do something, you know, every week or whatever it is. 
but be, be deliberate, I think is probably the biggest thing I would say in our relationships, that relationships are hard work. There's all kinds of reasons they go wrong and jump off the rails and things happen. And it's, it's either something we do, something they do, something outside of us, whatever the issue is, it takes a lot of time and effort to have a good, healthy relationship. And it's the little things that make things healthy. It's not, you know, the one big thing that causes everything to fall apart. It's a series of things that cause it all to fall apart. So do the reverse. Do a series of things that build it better. That's great. Yeah. So if I um, could make the, the challenges really specific and clear, this week, what one thing will you do to honor your parents? Next week, what one thing will you do to honor your parents? Think about that. Pray about that. Take that next step. Um, it's interesting, in in First in Timothy, Paul states it in the negative when he says to Christians, if you don't care for your family first, your religion is worthless. The positive way to say that is, if we're following Christ with all of our lives, if we're going to love God and love people, it begins with our family first. And since God is the one who's given us our parents it probably ought to begin with how we honor and uh, obey our parents throughout life. Let's pray together, please. Heavenly Father, would you, um, would you guide us now? Would you make this, uh, these conversations very practical? Would your Holy Spirit lead us to do some very specific things um, because we love you and we want to love the parents that you have given us. It's through Christ we pray. Amen. Once again, I want to thank uh, Megan Gray for joining us and taking all this time and sharing with us her wisdom. It's um, been a real blessing and um, hope to see you soon.